You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. If you're listening to this episode right when it comes out, it's the day after Halloween. So I hope it went okay. I know as I'm recording this, I'm anticipating Halloween and it can be a lot to manage between my very excited, typically developing six-year-old, my other two boys, and then of course managing my son who's a wheelchair user. And we live in Southern California. And so if you haven't been here, you should know that translates to a lot of hills. The neighborhood we live in is called Santa Fe Hills. (laughs) So hopefully we work it out. I think we will. You can tell I don't sound super confident. Okay, today I want to talk about division of labor. And this has actually been something that 
I am working on a lot in my own relationship and very much in process. We don't have this 100% dialed in, but that's why I wanted to bring it to you is to start the conversation. I think we all know enough to know that this topic is maybe not going to get settled once and for all for the rest of our lives. I think it's going to be something we have to revisit over and over again, especially as rules grow and change, jobs change, children change, all the different things. So it's ever evolving. So this conversation really is designed to be an introductory conversation to this topic to get you curious, asking yourself some questions, asking your spouse some questions. And I want to make a special note that none of this is right and wrong. If what you're doing is working for you, and let's just say for an example, you do 100% of all the caregiving and it's working for you, no big deal. Awesome. You're done. (laughs) But I'm speaking to some of you that it doesn't work for you or it's not working for you. Maybe you don't have any breaks. Maybe you feel super resentful. And there's two sides to this conversation that we're going to look at. Mostly the side of kind of how you've been showing up that has it go this way in terms of you having or not having help. But the resentment part, we're not going to dive deep into that part today because there's maybe a little bit more underneath that than you realize. And recovering from resentment, it's actually not difficult. It just creates a little bit of a specific awareness and of course, a willingness to look at it a different way. All right. So where to start? I think the most obvious place to start is to do a quick evaluation, which is really asking the questions, what's working, what's not working, and what do you want to try to do differently? This can be done as a couple, this can be done separately, and maybe even, I think, my guess is that you have a lot more to say about this than maybe your spouse does, because my guess is that you do a lot more right now. And so we're going to look at this through the lens of you as a woman, but also I think it's really valuable to actually give titles to all the different roles that you hold. So for me, my example is that I am a mother and kind of semi at home, definitely not all the way at home, as in I have my own business and surprise, surprise, a podcast. And so those are different roles, very, very different roles that take different time, different energy, all the things. And then I'm also a caregiver. And I would say I am the primary caregiver um, to my child who has both medical and other types of disabilities. So split up your roles, give yourself some titles, and that can be really helpful to look through those different lenses. Because I think the lens that I look through being a business owner and actually being a financial contributor to our household is different than being a caregiver obviously very, very different. So this evaluation process is obviously very simple. It's three simple questions. But I think what a lot of us forget to look at is like, what what's working? Let's celebrate what's working and maybe even leverage what's working to do more of that to have this go a little bit more smoothly. The other thing I want to mention here is the evaluation. And this is probably more pointed towards when you do it on your own is looking at what they do do. Because I think the thing I haven't said yet is I think if we're honest, a lot of us have some complaints about how it's going, that we don't feel like it's fair, 
we don't feel like we are being fully supported by our spouse. And honestly, it's quite hard. We all know (laughs) that statistically, women in the household still hold a huge proportion of household responsibilities. So it's like we're pushing against the tides here. And I think it's totally worthwhile. I think that there's an opportunity for us. And we're gonna talk a little bit later about um, some ways to approach it that might have it go better than if we approach it from the aspect of you're awful (laughs) and you don't do enough. And I'm obviously exaggerating that a little bit, but I think sometimes that's not that much of a hyperbole. I want you to look at what they do do because I know if I'm honest with myself and with all of you, sometimes I start to spin a little story about all the things and I go deep and I go hard and I think all of it's not okay. And I start to get upset. So let's call ourselves out and let's make sure we don't forget to recognize, oh, they are actually amazing at the following and they're doing it and I'm not. And that's great. That's where we want you to start is in this evaluation. The second part, and I think it kind of, you know, filters into this is owning your own stuff. And this one actually is where we're not going to go super deep into this because I think conceptually this is not hard, but I think it does require some awareness. And if we don't have that awareness, we actually won't really be able to do this work. So this is where you get to be honest with yourself about why they're not doing more. And the first one actually is a very simple one. And it is, have you asked them? Have you directly and genuinely said, hey, will you do this? And you may have, and it may not have worked, which is totally okay. But sometimes we realize, oh, we actually never asked for help. We expected that they should know that they should help. Here's the other one. Do you allow them to do it their own way? Or do you micromanage and criticize? And I know your argument's going to be, well, it's life critical, Kara. If they screw this up, then, you know, I get it. You are right. That is not wrong. But there's probably, probably some margin for another human being who loves your child as much as you do to figure it out. And maybe they just need some practice. And a kind and helpful person, not a critical person, helping them until they've got it. And if you're honest with yourself, this is the part where you're going to own your stuff. If you're honest with yourself, you're not allowing them to do it their way because you're so tightly gripped on this thing for much deeper reasons than we're going to go into today. But if you're thinking, oh, I'm just so much better at this than them, I might as well do it. I want you to just really ask yourself, is that really true? Or maybe a better question is, does that have to stay true? Because you probably are better at it right now. And actually, it's funny because if I look at a lot of things household related, I'm better at all of them. (laughs) Not to be like, I'm so great and he's so awful. There's a lot of things he's way better at than I am, specifically having fun. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. But um, I think that just can't be the argument because that'll have us stay where we are. And if you're willing to let them do it their way, I think you will reap the benefit of having help eventually. Maybe not on the first day. 
The other thing I wanted to mention here, and again, we're not going to dive deep into it, but I just want to mention it because I think it's thought provoking is perhaps changing how much support you get requires you to change your identity in a way that's really uncomfortable. So you might really have an identity of being busy or maxed out, weighed down. And if you actually get support, you can't, you can't really wear that hat in the way that you have been now. And it actually is very uncomfortable in many ways to change how we do anything, especially something as vulnerable as caring for our children. All right. The last part of the owning our own stuff is ladies, we got to let go of the past. We got to let go of what they did or didn't do in the past. And when we're asking, so let's look a little bit at communication. If we're asking them for help through the lens of you're an a-hole who should see what I need without having to ask, big surprise, it's not going to go very well. It's really not going to go well. And I think you probably know that because you probably have tried it. You're probably not alone. But if you actually lean into the forgiveness of, okay, what is past is past. I know this person to be loving, caring, wanting the best for me. So that's how I'm going to relate to them. I would say me and my children. And if you come to them and say, hey, I was wondering if you would be willing to manage the med orders and filling all the pill containers. That's a simple question, right? But you can tell it's not loaded with one insults of why he hasn't done it before. And it's actually just genuinely asking, hey, would you be willing? Because that otherwise it's not a question, right? And sometimes we do, you know, demand stuff, which is fine. I think there's space for that. But I think the thing I want you to really just recognize here is if we carry into it all of the baggage from before, it's just not going to feel good for you. And it's definitely not going to feel good for them. Now, I want us to move on to this last little section here, and it is experimentation. And I use that word because, as I mentioned in the introduction, there's not going to be one way to do this for the rest of your life. You're constantly going to be coming in and out of balance and finding new ways to think and do it. So I really want you to lead with the idea of this is all an experiment. Even the idea about giving yourself some titles, that's an experiment. Experiment with what actually feels really empowering for you and what helps you identify all the different kind of sets of things that you do given any role that you are filling. Another way of this experimentation is this finding of new ways to think about it. And specifically, this is one where if you look at these roles and you look at the roles that maybe he has, then you're going to come up against some potential obstacles because you're going to find all sorts of thoughts and beliefs that you have consciously and maybe even subconsciously that have you holding the bulk of the labor here, the work. And this goes so much deeper than I think, again, we even have, that I even have expertise in. But I mean, there's a reason why most households still in America are very weighted differently in terms of who does what in terms of household responsibilities, specifically even when there's two full-time working parents. And so whether or not you have a household like that, or you just have the caretaking role as in addition to maybe if you're home with kids, 
just know that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that has us coming at it in the ways that we are or are not. And so some of these new ways really were questioning when you have these thoughts that prevent you from asking, like one thought as an example is, he doesn't have time either. This is actually one that gets me. Because my husband has a pretty demanding job, I often am like, oh, he doesn't have time either. Like he's busy all day. But then I catch myself, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second here. We're both busy all day. And I don't have to manage his life for him. I just have to make a request and then he can figure out how to do it. Or these thoughts are, like I mentioned earlier, like he's just not that good at it. And so this experimentation is finding places that you stop and experimenting with different ways of thinking or believing that has you go a little bit further. So back to maybe some new ways of thinking or preventative thoughts. One would be, my kids like it better when I do it. This happens a lot in our household. Not to say that I'm better at everything, but it's like my daughter does prefer when I wash her hair. And let's be honest, I am probably more gentle. But does that need to stop me from ever being able to let my husband wash her hair? Absolutely not. Okay. The last one I want to mention here is this experimentation is really coming up against the resistance of letting go of control. Ooh, this is a sensitive one because I have so much compassion for all of us who are gripping onto control because that is only a natural response after we have been through what we have been through. And looking through the lens of trauma, that is a very natural and normal response. And so if you're like, I just can't, Kara, that's okay. You're where you are and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that you'll never be ready. It just means maybe it's not right now, or maybe you need support in the areas of processing that trauma to be able to then make that next step. The last thing I really want to mention in this experimentation part is experimenting on kind of what works for you and your spouse. I think something to mention here is that what we're going for is not necessarily equal we're going for what's equitable. So equal is the same, like, you know, two and two are equal. And equitable is what's fair and impartial. So I'll just use myself as an example. So my husband, as I mentioned, he's a school assistant principal, pretty demanding job. So he has a lot of time required to do that job. It's really not a flexible thing. He can't necessarily manage, you know, a high school football game more efficiently he's there. And I I mentioned earlier, I have different roles here in our family. It's not going to be equal, right? Like I can't be like, okay, you do 50%, I do 50%. End of story. That probably really wouldn't work very well. So I think what's really important is to look through this lens of what is fair and impartial. Obviously, we're a team. I want to help him. He wants to help me. And so we're not going for equal. We're going for equitable. And the last thing with this little experimentation piece is that what I find really helpful is to find very specific and kind of contained things that I can ask for help with. So some of the things that I do more regularly, like let's just say make appointments for my son, it would be a little bit more difficult to have him do that for me because like he doesn't manage my schedule. 
And so that's not a great one to say, hey, you do this and, you know, we'll rock and roll. But I look for things that are like containable. So these are ideas like birthday parties, birthday gifts, even meal planning and shopping, med management, like I mentioned earlier before, or what I'll call case management. Like, so an example of where I'm leaning into this in my own life, recognizing like, oh, wait a second, I can't do it all. Like this is not working. And we are in the process of appealing uh, through the regional center. And so I thought, you know what, that is something that he could do because he could figure it all out. It's kind of a contained thing. It doesn't totally relate to everything else. And so a little bit ago, maybe a month or so ago, I said, Hey, babe, we got to appeal. I got us this far. You're going to get us home. And you know, it's not like I, I didn't support him, right? Like I, of course, am part of the team. So he's managing that and kind of really cool to see the benefit of that. Last week, we got this call saying, hey, they want to have an informal meeting on Thursday at nine o'clock and on Monday at four o'clock, they want to have a prep meeting. So I look at my schedule and on one day I have a client who's not super movable. And the other day I'm already at an appointment with Levi. Imagine that. And so I texted him saying, hey, these are the meeting requirements. Can you make it? He says yes. And so I could support and kind of do some of the communication follow-up. But what was beautiful about that is that it really was like, oh my gosh, like this is so great that I am not in this position where I either have this doctor appointment or this appeal, that I actually had the support I needed in this one area. So again, we do not have it all figured out. The reason I'm bringing this conversation now is because it's on my mind a lot and we're doing a lot of experimenting. But back to a couple other ideas that you might consider are more easily handoffable and maybe not even as time critical. So maybe insurance appeal, like that could be something that would be where you can really get some more partnership in. Or also IEP communications or education communication. Or other just basic things like, hey, what would you think about if I'll do the cooking and then like after dinner, you can clean it all up? For some of you, that might be like, well, duh. And for others, you might be like, oh, wow, I don't have to do it all. This sounds great. (laughs) Again, there's so much variation in how people approach this and how relationships approach this. And like I said earlier, there is no right and wrong in this conversation. There's really only what's working for you and your husband. All right. Like I said earlier, also, this is really meant to be a tickler type of episode. This is not a conclusive episode on this. I think actually it would be worthwhile of drilling down in deeper to some of the areas. And one of the things I thought would be really fun actually is to do a huddle style episode or rather a conversation from the podcast Facebook group. So at the end of this episode, you'll hear a little blurb and it'll say, hey, we have a podcast group. We talk about things over there, and this is where I kind of offer the huddles, but sometimes are created into podcast episodes and sometimes are not, but they're really, really connecting and fruitful conversations. So if you're interested in that, head on over and we'll get you hooked up. Yeah, let this be a starter. Let it kind of agitate and maybe even excite some opportunity and let me know what comes up for you. Let me know what questions you have, or maybe even where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't get past this little point. I can't get past being so mad about how it's gone or I can't get past the idea that I'm supposed to be grateful when he does something that's so basic. I hear this a lot. So I'm having this conversation with you 
from a place of love. And I'm smiling over here because none of us are all that different from each other. We struggle with many of the same things. And like always, the place I want to approach this from is from love and compassion. I will leave you with that. And we'll see you in the next episode. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.